0: Oh, a garage sale. I just love garage sales. Oh, I haven't seen this toy in forever. A Go-Bot? Oh, golly gosh, gee. Oh, what is that? Pokemon? My mom said I shouldn't play that. It's
1: bad. If you like video games, I've got just the one for you.
0: Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, show me it.
1: It's right here in this box.
0: Oh. Oh, wait, mister. This game ain't got no label.
1: Yes, well, would you like to purchase it anyway?
0: Huh. Well... See, I only got a nickel.
1: Well, that just so happens to be exactly what I'm selling it for.
0: All right, score. Here you go. Thank you. Okay, see you later.
2: Yes, yes, you will.
0: I'm going down in the basement to play my Nintendo. Okay. Here goes nothing.
2: Shall do my bidding!
0: Oh wait. no!
1: <laughs> I think I'll call you Babby! <laughs>
0: the Fake Fake Ritual. ritual.
3: Now here's Here's your host, host.
0: Lucas Sloppy.
3: Sloppy. Why thank you, Babby, for such a lovely introduction. Hope you're enjoying the netherworld. Anyways, welcome to episode two of Fake Ritual, the podcast. Your guide to pop culture and the occult. I'm your host, Lucas Sloppy. And what are we delving into today, you might ask? Well, I, along with my friend, Albert C. Hall, explore the many ins and outs of Nintendo's occult legacy. But before we get to that, I'd like to let you know that this coming Thursday, Fake Ritual will be featured on fellow Pittsburgh podcast, Ghoul on Ghoul. And I want to thank Sarah and Amanda for being such gracious hosts, allowing me such a opportunity. Now without any further ado, here is my conversation with the one and only Albert C. Hall. I am sitting here with my longtime friend, Pittsburgh musician and retro video game enthusiast, Albert C. Hall hello so what does nintendo mean to you
1: i've played nintendo i would say my whole life because like one to five doesn't really count because you're not really a person that can do things on your own you know so i think like whenever you get to like elementary school you know like kindergarten or whatever is you know that's when you can get home from school and throw a game and a thing and turn the tv on yourself and just go for it yeah Yeah.
3: mom's not watching
1: yeah you have your autonomy at at least a little bit at that point oh
3: he's just in there playing his games yeah
1: finally just leaving (laughs) me alone uh we in the the hall residence had a, a nintendo uh my cousin greg what's up greg had a, a Nintendo with a bunch of games. And my cousins also had a Nintendo. So there was game trading and stuff. Ooh. Or just borrowing because they didn't play them as much as I did. So I was... Stealing. Yes. I would Indefinite borrowing.
3: Statute of limitations is up on that one Don't anyways. Don't
1: think I didn't appreciate it. Because I <laughs> definitely, definitely put them to use. And I have all of them still.
3: Yeah, my... Nintendo. I never had a Nintendo growing up. I was a Sega kid. Yeah. Uh, I just always played other people's, namely like my mom's boyfriend's.
1: The games that he had. He had
3: Super Mario Brothers. Cool. And I just remember loving the flame power. It was something so like
1: fireballs
3: validating and like uplifting
1: about getting that. It's kind of funny to think about the fact that like fireballs aren't a thing in nature, like we know about fireballs because of video games. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not probably... like oh if there's like a volcano, you're not like, well, there's fireballs. Like, no, it's just like <laughs> rocks or lava. You know what I mean? Like yeah the term fireballs is pretty strictly that a you, video game.
3: That you get from a flower.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, of course.
3: Well, we are here to delve into what I have referred to as Nintendo's occult legacy. Uh basically just taking a pop-cultural stalwart and mining it for whatever we can find, from conspiratorial thought to actual mythological symbolism in weird, games.
1: Weird shit. Weird shit. Uh, Some games got... There's so much weird stuff. Like, <laughs> when they were trying to think of things to put in games, it was like, this is what you went with. And sometimes This is it's, crazy. It's that... <laughs> There's this aspect to it, too, that
3: the history is kind of muddled, like certain... They weren't logging it as they went, so especially in the 80s and at the impetus of, like, the first Nintendo system, there's all these kind of myths surrounding things as opposed to some written history of who was responsible for what and who put this secret room in this
1: game that, like... Those are things that we, to this day, still go back and explore and find out new things and you know talk to the people who were involved in that because we live in an internet age when we can talk to somebody in Japan by pressing a button you know and uh translating is getting easier and easier so yeah like finding out these myths like the truth behind them is is something that still happens and it's like 35 years later That I just really like that
3: yeah uh We can at least talk about the history of Nintendo. I thought it was interesting that they got their start in 1889 making playing cards. Yes. Namely, Hanafuda. Classic game. Classic Hanafuda (laughs) cards. Which I suppose were, I don't know, just some variation on the ones we have now. Oh, I, I have no idea. Card?
1: No, yeah. No, uh, no. I don't.
3: Know. Although I did, uh, in my research, discover that, and leave it to uh, crazy evangelical Christians to point this out, mm-hmm. but they could be used for divination and Tarot. other and other uh, the Hanafuda cards. Yes, yeah. You can use a. <laughs> okay. You can use any cards <laughs> yeah, for divination. Yeah. You can literally use anything that has many that you can shuffle that's good
1: that's very good to know that they could be used for that yeah
3: on a food of cards look out also known as dragon cards I do believe Uh, then that seemed to sustain them until the 1960s so nearly 100 years Mm -hmm. where they had a failed taxi uh, company failed uh, hotels as well as failed instant rice
1: company you really just shoot till you win
3: then in the 1970s is when they released a couple games. These are cabinet games, EVR, which was a racing game, and then Radar Scope. Then in 1980, when they put out their first handheld.
1: The Game & Watch. The Game & Watch, okay.
3: yeah, which was like an
1: LED screen. Right, it's just a calculator screen. Yeah, I've seen but like a square.
3: the interface is mind-boggling. If,
1: if you grew up at a time when you remember the Tiger Electronics handheld video games where it's just like a picture of a thing and then it jumps up and then it's just like a series of pictures that simulate action (laughs) and you have a a little directional pad and an a and b button it was just that on but they were smaller and they were really like slick Mm -hmm. uh cool looking games and definitely a foreign
3: idea to anyone in 1980 a
1: handheld video game yeah that, that you could take a game anywhere you want like it's a simple game but when it's the first one in you know 1980 or whenever that's mind-blowing that's so crazy to see and so that was like a a big deal and in
3: 1981 is when they released donkey kong the 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 cabinet which had been was i believe the radar scope machines were not selling they had a bunch of backed up (laughs) a bunch backed up so that's when they brought on Shigeru Miyamoto. Mr. Miyamoto. Sorry. The uh, man behind many Nintendo games, from Super Mario to Legends of Zelda, to just rework the programming. The board. In the radar. Yeah, yeah, the board into the uh, Donkey Kong machine. Slap
1: new graphics on the side of the cabinet and boom. But then in
3: 1983 comes the Famicom, which failed.
1: Didn't in do Japan, well. they. Yeah.
3: I think I saw they lost like $300,000 or something, or 300,000 units. But then, 1985, and I have this date underlined, is when the Nintendo Entertainment System, along with Super Mario Bros., was brought to America. When I say Nintendo licensed products, I'm talking Super Mario Bros., I'm talking The Legend of Zelda, Donkey Kong, Kirby, Metroid, and more importantly, Pokémon. For me growing up, very Christian, Pokemon was evil. I was told it was evil. Why was it evil, you ask? Because it had psychic Pokemon. Mm, Because it had ghost Pokemon.
1: I wondered.
3: And ultimately, because the notion of a child with the ability to summon entities to do his bidding came across to Christians who just can't have any flippin' fun... Now they got me saying flippin'. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: that it was some sort of uh demonological as I've heard it best put, Key of Solomon. That's the so ancient crazy. Key of Solomon, the list of demons by with which you could commune and and uh Yeah, cubone lift, is really uh, a
1: demon uh used for ill.
3: <laughs> but when you look there are definitely some pagan, Shinto, and Tibetan yeah. uh, mm. Buddhist influences on these games from characters like Abracadabra, Alakazam, Alakazam, with their psychic abilities. (laughs) Uh, You have Ghastly, Haunter, and Gengar of Lavender Town with their ghost abilities, paranormal abilities. And then even someone like Mewtwo Mm -hmm. and Mew who he was cloned from, being this sort of occult science, cloning... They float. They don't Uh, even walk. Yeah, (laughs) Mew being this sort of ancient, benevolent creature of myth, and Mewtwo being this sort of clone drawn from him. I only am... uh, Speaking of those two because last night I watched the new remake of the pokemon movie the oh, cg remake that. that is it everybody, just the same thing i guess i haven't seen
1: the original oh, sorry folks
3: i actually have i heard it's okay and even this new one almost got me crying yeah
1: they do that when, they, know, they know how to do that when
3: such and such a person
1: bip, bip. is
3: brought to back to life by the love of his demons
1: right uh <laughs> we've all been there
3: <laughs>
0: Is Pokemon demonic. demonic?
2: The answer to that is yes, they are all oriental demons.
0: Yep.
2: And as you read in the Pokemon, in order for Pokemon to advance in power, it has to evolve to another level. And each e- you know, evolution, he becomes more demonic in appearance. And eventually, he gets to a point where he's totally demonic. The names are actually names of demons. I'm you that
3: so Albert, in your research,
1: what's something you found? Well, I I just went in and, and cuz there are so many games to choose from of like things like mythos and stuff that you can mine that, you know, like are the imagery in games. Um so I just, you know, for the sake of time just picked uh three or four. And I thought I would start with um 1986's uh NES game, Castlevania. It's very popular classic. Recently got an anime on Netflix. It's had a, you know, it's an ongoing, I think it might be done. There hasn't been a Castlevania game in a while, but I don't play the new ones. Yeah. But it's a a game made by Konami Studios, responsible for games that you might know, like Contra and Gradius. Metal Gear started on on Nintendo. Excellent, excellent uh, sports games. Double Dribble, Blades of Steel, and of course, Skate or Die. Um... The story of Castlevania, you play as Simon Belmont and you've entered Castlevania, the castle, uh, to murder Count Dracula, the actual Count Dracula. One of the weapons, uh, you use holy water as a firebomb, uh, use crosses as boomerangs. There's a special item, a rosary, that if you get it, it just kills everything on screen. There's (laughs) Medusa heads flying through, ghouls, bone dragons, fishmen. Uh, one of the one of the big bosses at the end of one of the levels just a big bat that's not a a vampire. <laughs> it's just a bat. And the the coolest thing I think is there's multiple, universal studios monsters as the bosses the frankenstein's monster with a little igor riding on his back i didn't uh, know that yeah there's uh it's because it's a hard game and you probably never got that far <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also uh, didn't
3: own a nintendo so i never played it yeah, growing up see, so I wanted to rub it in my face a little bit that'll do Albert. It.
1: <laughs> uh two uh mummies at the same time coming at you and then finally
3: that's progressive two mummies
1: oh Mm, yeah (laughs) castlevania is woke uh
3: (laughs) so we're in castlevania at castlevania fighting Castlevania,
1: fighting dracula the landlord uh (laughs) of the super at castlevania (laughs) uh he looks regular when you fight him uh but there's a curveball there's like a phase two when you fight him like he he falls and then he turns into a giant demon creature that kind of has like a like dog face i don't know he looks crazy uh but then you kill that and he like blows up and and you and that's it you vanquished mm. from just that I and mean, that's just the end of the first yeah because i have it a feeling it goes crazy he after he comes
3: that. back yeah those bell monster
1: um are snickety but uh the reason i wanted to bring that one up it ha- i think it has to be one of the first occult themed video games 86 you know of like
3: at least to go that like
1: hard right horror horror, yeah directed scary it's like almost scary like the music is is so also the if you the music is so good i love video game music in the the castlevania series has some of the best
3: yeah i would have to concur from my minute knowledge of the matter
1: um I started with Castlevania because that leads me to uh, the next game, which is actually a Famicom game that we were talking about. The the Japan's version of the Nintendo Entertainment System was the family computer. There was a lot of games that only came out in Japan. They never got uh, approval from Nintendo of America to be licensed uh, for release here. And sometimes that was because of occult imagery yeah a lot of times and if i come back i'll talk about more of um like censored games uh where they they when nintendo of america says nope you got to take that out no crosses no you know like christian references and things like that we don't want to offend anybody get it out of here whereas japan cares way less about that kind of stuff
3: not to mention and we can come back to this but the nintendo entertainment system coming out in america kind of right in the middle of the satanic panic yeah, absolutely. that absolutely yeah. america square so, in the middle of the 80s not really a good time for anything that wasn't goody two shoes love jesus uh god is good devil bad
1: and if you know anything about the history of video games not just nintendo but Atari had really uh, shot itself in the foot and needed it unfolded in directly like a couple of years before the Nintendo came to, to America. So that was a very uh, dicey time for console video games because they were written off like people were done with them. They're like, yeah, we tried that. It didn't work. And we saw why it didn't work. And Nintendo had to be very deliberate about the way that they rolled out this new uh entertainment system and not a video game you know? absolutely yeah and they made it look like a vcr these these things so this this all you know goes in with the like censorship of you know religious things of just like we're playing it very very safe yeah
3: totally
1: Next, we have Holy Diver from Irem Studios. uh, That was in 1989 that came out.
3: So that was uh, Ronnie James Dio, kind of?
1: Oh, yeah. Started
3: that. Wait, wait, really?
1: well, you don't even understand this I game. I don't. Listeners, I
3: am hearing this for the first time. So prepare yourself for ooze and ahs.
1: The story of this game. So it's called Holy Diver. It's a direct reference to the 1983
3: Dio album Holy Dan, Diver. Nah, nah,
1: nah, so nah. sick. Miss you every day, Ronnie. Okay. So the story is goes like this. And this is a direct quote. It is the six hundred and sixty-sixth year for the world of magic, and the Crimson Kingdom is facing destruction at the hands of the Black Slayer, Demon King of the Underground Dark Empire. Realizing that his days are numbered, the sixteenth Crimson Emperor, Ronnie the Fourth, decides to <coughs> decides to entrust his two infant sons. Randy, and Zach to, <laughs> to, to his faithful servant, Ozzy, their father. With Slayer's forces closing in, Ozzy, Randy, and Zach escapes to another dimension with the hope of eventually bringing the light back into the world. Over the following 17 years, Randy, Zach, and Ozzy unbelievable, Devote and train themselves to the cause of magic justice, becoming wizard kings. Meanwhile, Black Slayer has increased his empire over the countryside, making in, making his interdimensional forces even stronger in order to defeat black slayer and his army randy must retrieve five crimson emblem seals making matters worse randy now must wage worse. His, randy now must wage his war against black slayer alone for Zack suddenly goes missing and ozzy passes away And they don't say anything more about that. That he just died.
2: (laughs) Oh,
3: impression! Oh, bad, bad Aussie impression. I, I just went for (laughs) it. (laughs) So rude.
1: This game builds itself up so much. What year was this? Eighty nine. Eighty
3: nine. Have you played this game? Uh, Yeah, uh, I've. Does it live up to that? introduction
1: no it's just like it's just like castlevania but a little bit different
3: yeah oh man ronnie james dio he did a lot of good work for uh for just like alternative
1: religions right he really
3: was like about that
1: so it is very similar to castlevania but it's got but it's got quicker controls uh you have unlimited rapid shot fireballs uh, and then multiple items that you can collect, but it's kind of like Mega Man in that you keep the weapon and you get more mana mm. in this game. It is and but they use it a lot like it, it uses itself up. So you have to like really ration it while you're being destroyed by this game. It's so hard. Hmm. Um,
2: I'm oh, saying-
1: and, and at a certain point in the game, you turn into a dragon and you, there's like flying parts. It's it's really cool. You'll never get to that point in the game, but I watched a long a long play of it on YouTube to see that.
3: Uh, question: What is a holy diver? I,
1: I was gonna. If you look at the the cover of the album, it's a priest wrapped in chains being thrown into the ocean. Is that?
3: Is it so? Maybe is it's it like, like a, a torture thing. Or yeah, it's supposed to be kind of like uh.
1: Dying uh, for what you believe in?
3: Yeah, it's kind of
1: supposed to be I'm uh,
3: derogatory, about maybe. maybe. I'm like, oh, some holy diver ready. over here, you know, like going ready down to, like the Ready ship. to
1: die with, yeah, for what he believes in. Oh, I'm man. talking out of school here, but I think that is, I think we're onto right uh, on to something. So, with all of that talk, contrary to the, uh, the title and all of the heavy metal references, the soundtrack is remarkably not heavy, which is such a drag. I said... Uh, it's okay video game music uh but you want rock you want rock and tracks or like yeah. I was like do we get an 8-bit cover of Holy Diver we do not uh beep 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 yeah. beep, beep.
0: Beep, beep, that, beep beep
1: beep even just that my beep, beep, heart beep, beep, would be warm beep. it'd be so sick it'd be your favorite game you know like even though it just kicks your ass yeah that had to
3: disappoint many a metalhead
1: but wow. uh it is metal looking like there's yeah, the the occult imagery you get you get like crosses oh yeah there's like crosses with a skull on it with a snake going through the the skull on a nintendo game it's really crazy to see a pentagram right there on the uh item select screen there's this fucked up minotaur boss that's like kind of like a man up top but he, he, he's got like a wooly face i don't know it's weird uh there's like biological monsters one of the bosses is just mm. like growing out of the wall i'm gesturing with my arms on a podcast um there's one that's this one is crazy it's just like cronenberg indescribable pieces of a thing floating around that like shoot energy at you this is a, a boss later in the game but while that fight is happening you're randy Zach is crucified on the wall behind you. <laughs> oh, he is on a cross. So crazy. Holy hanger? Uh, holy hanger! So, <laughs> holy <laughs> hanger. <laughs> uh, so you've, you beat this amorphous thing. And then the floor opens up. And Zach, while on the cross, falls into a pit of hell. Zach
3: like wild on the cross?
1: Uh, we'll get it's there. Just... But yes. Yes. So... You jump into the pit after him, and they there's, like, a, a scene where you see the sprites uh, on, like, the characters. Uh, Randy catches up to Zack and grabs him on the cross, and they fuse into one person. And then you go to defeat Black Slayers. This is, like, some serious anime shit. Uh, <laughs> like, all I could think is just, like, Neon Genesis Evangelion, like, yeah. has, like, infiltrated this Dio game. I'm pumped right now. I'm like... I know. Let me um, add it. So you 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 fuse. You get down to uh, the uh, what do they call it? Pits of Hell. So you get down to where uh, Black Slayer is in his like pit, uh, his his fortress, and you fight him. When but he now is because I expected this like Black Knight. Guy, he's just a crazy Cronenberg coming out of the ceiling, like this brain pulsating with like eyes and then things are shoot. So you just blast that away, and then you think that's done, but there's another phase. You're transported to another dimension. You're just floating in a void. It's like Lovecraft gone wild. You turn into a dragon, and then you shoot. the The last is like a a, a flying shooter game where. Then you blast that to hell. It explodes. Cut to... You see Randy, the dragon, floating, or flying, away. Oh, I thought he died. No, no, no. They scared me. <laughs> Wait.
3: Oh, but Randy did die.
1: He did. R.I.P. Randy Rhodes. But Randy survives this. We'll wrap it up. You see Randy has a dragon flying away, and then it starts to flicker, and he splits into two. So Randy and Zach come back. And then this quote comes up. After a long and difficult battle, Randy finally retrieved the five different emblem seals belonging to the King Crimson family and expelled with his great magic power, the Black Slayer, Emperor of the Darkness, and his evil followers into the graveyard in another dimension. Thus, the apocalypse of the black magic reached the end and in the magic world two new wizard kings zach w and randy r crimsons mounted the thrones to open again the age of light
3: hell yeah
1: the end oh yeah holy diver what a game don't play it it's so hard Next, we have Robo Demons, brought to you by uh, the production company Color Dreams for the Nintendo uh, in 1989. Color Dreams was one of the largest producer of unlicensed uh, Nintendo games. If this Rings any sort of bell in your head, dear listener. Uh, in 1991, they converted to Wisdom Tree Inc., who are known for their uh, shoddy Christian games like Bible Adventures, Exodus, and Sunday Fun Day, uh, just to name a few, which those were largely reskinned versions of uh, previous Colored Dreams releases. Because it was their property and they can do whatever they want with it. If they're just like, oh, Christians want games, let's just pop, pop, Kind of sort
3: of how, like, the Bible is just an amalgamation of many uh, pre-existing myths and belief systems all put into one.
1: So, Robo-Demons. The title screen goes in quick with the punch. It shows a uh, couple of sword-wielding skeletons, a flying demon skeleton holding a scythe. Like, very on the nose. And then straight hit start, and you go into a pretty hard-to-read text block that says, and I quote, "'In darker times, the demon Cull, king of the netherworld of Hades, created a machine to transplant the souls of demons into the body of robots.'" With this army of robo-demons, Kull became the unchallenged master of the earth. One day, a most great warrior decided to descend the heaven gates of Hades and destroy Kull forever. And then you hit start, and then it just says in one block, Defeat death to enter Hades. Which is an instruction, and I never realized that until too late, that... It starts so the game starts as a fly like a horizontal shooter, kind of like a Gradius. Um, but you're the whole character sprite of yourself. Like so, you're just like imagine someone standing and then they start to levitate, so their feet kind of go at a point. So yeah. he's just like floating, like chest first through the void. Um, and for, for the, it, pretty cool, <laughs> it, no, it's dope. And in the first level, there is an endless graveyard below you and uh, a, a line of skull and crossbones forever above you like d- denoting the the boundaries so yeah in the first level you're going you're doing this flying shooter thing and it's like not what i expected because i had heard about the game uh and then one of the title screen demons comes in and you shoot it a bunch and then it dies and as soon as it dies you're thrown into the game and then it's like contra like run and gun game where you're just shooting constantly at things that come at after you and let me say this game could be cool but it's the controls are terrible the the hit boxes for the enemies are awful and you just die constantly there's like a flashing black and red puddle of blood on the ground and if you touch it you die Naturally. Or it hurts you. And, you know, like, it's, it. you don't think that just, you just have to jump over. It. It's like, there's so much trial and error the first time you play this game, and you just, like, die immediately. And unlike Holy Diver, which I spoke about before, which is very hard, but I think it's more fair. Like, it's not that, it's not that game's fault outright that it's that hard. I feel like it is Robo Demon's fault that this game is hard. Um, so anyway, uh, your main uh weapon is a boomerang. You just throw it. It's such a janky game. The name of the game of this game is Jank. It's <laughs> like cuz <'cause laughs> this 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 Color Dreams, they just didn't make good stuff. Like I you know, some people like them. It has its like cult following, but these games were trash. Um this uh the level structure there's seven levels in this game like the seven levels of hell uh and they're all i I have all the 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 level names here because they're great uh level one the level of bone (laughs) <laughs> so it's all, you know, like it's all like a graveyard and it's like you it's like a cross section of the ground and there's just like bones all through. Not the... to be
3: confused with the level of Wishbone which is uh helmed over by a cute little Jack Russell Terrier who tells you classic stories. Any Wishbone PBS fans so, out PBS? there? <clears throat>
1: Level two, the level of flesh. And this level, like you go straight into the second level and it's just like the whole, you know, the last one was like a a graveyard outdoor scene. This one, you're just in some bio horror, like the walls are veins and there's like hearts like pumping everywhere. Really disgusting. Uh, Then you have the level of fire, which is like, looks reminiscent of like a classic hell scenario. Um, After this, you have the level of condemned souls where you have to free your ancestors souls to pass through this level. It says before, and then you see these people like boiling in cauldrons or like chained up on the wall. And so you have to like get through the level, but also save all of these people. And that imagery is very jarring. It's like a classic, like torture scenes, you know, of like a, like a castle hold. Um, really jarring to see on a nintendo game like eight bit torture porn yeah exactly so then you go on to the level of demons after that and then uh the demon factory where you have to quote destroy the robots and power poles (laughs) so so you're like in this factory and you have to like tear it down and like blow up the the uh, transformers. Yeah, if you have you have to blow down, da- blow up the transformers that are like hanging on the walls and stuff. It's yeah, super we, silly. Yeah, we know. Yeah, that's what
3: Jesus was sent here for—to vanquish demon kind and destroy the robots. Power
1: pole. Love one another. Destroy the power poles. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, King Cole's chamber, uh, which I obviously did not get this far through the game, but watching a long play of it, he looks like the devil. Uh, He's got dragon hands. His body is fixed to the wall, unlike any of these other final bosses I've talked about. Like, he's just... I guess the first uh, part in Holy Diver where he's up like that, but eventually he moves. This one is just, like, dragon arms that you have to fight, and then he just, like, shoots fire at you. Um, But when he dies, there is an excellent sampled scream. Like a... You know, like, which is always crazy to hear coming out of a of a Nintendo because the the sound card is so limited. <laughs> and the final uh, title uh, card for this says, "And when you win, he says, and thus the demon call was destroyed, and his condemned souls were freed from hell." And I just say that because outright name checking hell where previously in the game it had been called Hades and like they kind of stepped around it. I just really feel like they were getting away with something and Nintendo of America had to have been very upset that this game was released. Yeah.
3: what? Which is just so, I guess, yeah, growing up it was He double hockey sticks. You got stuff like Rocco's modern life featuring heck. Tech.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, uh, earthworm gym. It's just this too. weird,
3: almost, Voldemort of Harry Potter. Do not mention the name, yeah, for it is,
1: holds its power. Right. Which
3: I, I, agree in a certain context, but not in the context of like, entertainment. I don't know. It's
1: just censorship, you know. Like, in, yeah. In, where, how far does that go? You know, if if video games are for adults and children, how do you like toe that line? ESRB yeah. kind of tried that.
3: Just the fact people believe hell is a real place it's waiting for us it's waiting for us uh
1: just real quick i'm gonna knock out one more yeah and this one is a curveball that i think you might not have anticipated
3: Uh, who's a famous pitcher i can reference right now to sound learned
1: pete rose pete
3: rose coming at you with a
1: curveball I found in my research that the game Bubble Bubble, and not even just in my research, just thinking back to games that I played as a kid and like the imagery that I saw. Hear, hear me out. I'm I'm, think so I'm with you. In 1986, Taito uh, put it out put out uh, Bubble Bubble in the arcade, and then in 1988, it came out for the NES. Um, Taito was known for like Space Invaders, uh, elevator action, Arkanoid games like that. Um, just to see like where Bubble Bobble fits in with this. So the story goes, and I'm pretty sure I copied this from Wikipedia, but it's it sounds right. <broth- hey, 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 brothers, Bub and Bob. Their girlfriends Betty and Patty go for a walk and get lost in the Magician's Woods. This leads them to the Cave of Monsters. They meet Super Drunk. Bear with me. The master of the cave, and he kidnaps them and traps them in bubbles on the one hundredth floor of the cave. So in the in, that was for the arcade in the Nintendo U.S. release, Baron Von Blubba, an undead, invincible skeleton whale, <laughs> kidnaps them. But Super Drunk is still the final boss. But in the Super in, Drunk, uh, in I the think lo- I met him before. I know. yeah, 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 they're, a couple they're, times, they're too many times. Yeah, Punishers. Um, in the US release, Super Drunk is localized as Grumple Grommet, which I, I can get behind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like that's, and then Bub and Bob go to that cave and are turned into little dinosaur creatures that blow bubbles out of their mouth. And then they, as those creatures go through the cave, up descending. To, and it's, as far as the game goes, it's 100 levels long. And into, down, correct? It's, the, it's up.
3: Oh, they up. do go up? Yeah. Okay. I
1: don't guess I might, might be down. Right, I think they fall it's a, down. It's a cave. You oh, fall yeah, that's down to the thing. next level. Yeah, 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 so it's yeah.
3: this kind yeah. of, again, this uh, Dante's mm-hmm. Inferno right. sort of this descending like into the underworld. Levels,
1: 100 levels of, of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, And you meet all of those monsters in there that just want to murder you. But I thought it was weird that the magician would have because I feel like as boys or men, they are less powerful than dinosaurs that can blow bubbles that catch these monsters in that. Then we pop the bubbles and it kills them. It's like, you it kind of gave them an advantage. Um, Damn bubbles. So, to, so to power through, uh, the, the items is, are what really, cause I, I didn't even really know the, the backstory that much. That was interesting to find out, but the items are what I remembered. And, um, there was different colors of holy water in the Japanese release that in the U.S. release were called potions. So there's still potions, which, you know, has an occulty kind of thing, but it was straight-up holy water <laughs> in the beginning. Um, and those things, like, fill the screen with items and kill all the monsters immediately, and it turns it into, like, a bonus stage. You get crystal, amethyst, and ruby power-up rings. Whoa,
3: so you're not only getting, like, some Christian... Like yeah, no iconography it's like, but like
1: new age yeah. you know woo-woo. Right? You get crosses of water, fire and thunder. Like the, the water one floods the screen and kills all the enemies. The fire one turns your bubbles into to fire breath. Uh and the thunder one sends lightning everywhere, murdering everybody all the enemies on the screen, which is dope. One of my favorites is the uh, Book of Death. Which is straight up called the Book of Death, which uh, creates an earthquake that shakes the screen, that kills everything, and other things. You get magic necklaces, magic canes. I always like the parasol that lets you skip, but I don't know how occulty that is. It's just a cool image. <laughs> yeah, um, we will find a way. Yeah, there's a, a at the end. There's another. I believe in the NES version. There's another book and a crystal ball that you have to get at least the crystal ball in order to access the final battle if you miss this one item that just appears in the one of the last levels if not the last level you just start over and they say it, it gives you like a little flash you like oh yeah next time you get to level 99 don't forget to get the crystal ball fuck you <laughs> yeah i mean you want to
3: astral project you better like have read that one chapter <laughs> exactly. on like how not to get stuck there hey
1: kids read the manual i just yeah, say it right yeah. now um, and manuals aren't even a thing anymore um, but read the PDF yeah sure print it out but, uh, so if you do do that do do I knew it if you do that uh, and you get to the final boss you can beat the final boss as a one player game if you do that you don't get the best ending you have to be playing two player at when you kill the boss to get the good truest ending
3: Aw, that's kind of cute
1: So, I have here the arcade true ending and then the NES true ending. The arcade true ending. Congratulations! You could help your father and mother. They were controlled by someone. Who is he? No one knows of it. The truth is in the darkness forever. Yeah. That's like good. I I would buy that album. I'd watch that movie. (laughs) I'd find the clip. So, in that, I believe that the parents and the girlfriends were stolen.
3: Oh, this is almost taking on some sort of like fairy world. Right, uh, right. You know, it's yeah. old like Hilda Fook, mm-hmm. like like uh, fairy baby snatching. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. It's like that. So, the NES true ending <laughs> is, is great. Don't forget it's Bub and Bob. <clears throat> Congratulations, Bobby and Babby. You saved your lovers, Betty and Patty, at last. <laughs> But your adventure is not over yet. That's the best ending that you can get.
3: I want the I want the bad ending. I know. The bad ending is cooler. It just
1: makes you go back.
3: Yeah, because Bob and Betty and Barney and Patty, Bobby Pat.
1: and Babby. You've you've <laughs> only been referred to as Bub and Bob. I've never you, met a Babby. Babby, <laughs> I'm Babby. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Bubble Bobble. It's a great game. Um, play it with a friend if you want to beat it. Uh, Or if you don't.
3: Well, yeah, that's our show, folks. Those are the secrets lying deep in the motherboard of your Nintendo system. Do they have motherboards? I don't know. Uh, But anyways, I wanted to thank Albert again for coming on the show here. And uh, you got anything in the works you want to tell
1: first i just wanted to thank you so much for having me on yeah Uh, having to be the second guest on the podcast it's so so nice i was so excited i had so much fun doing this research uh and i and i hope to come back there's so much video game crap to talk about definitely um, lots of crap if you want to uh look me up Um, on Twitter, I am at Albert Clyde Hall, (laughs) A-L-B-E-R-T-C-Y-C-L-Y-D-E-H-A-L-L, and on Instagram at ghost underscore tropic. Um, I mostly just post memorials for dead celebrities, but sometimes it's, you know, memes.
3: Or a license plate or two.
1: Yeah, sometimes a vanity plate.
3: Sometimes a vanity plate, because you got to.
1: Thrill me. You can visit us at the blog
3: at www.fakeritual.blog. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Fakeritual. And you can follow us on Twitter at FakeritualBlog. You can also email us at fake.ritual.inc. That's fake.ritual.incorporated at gmail.com. If you want to correct us on all the things we got wrong. Uh, That's our show. Thank you for listening. And make sure that you are very careful with the games you play. Goodbye. Bye.